It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, April 12th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, health leaders provide updates on coronavirus vaccinations and transmission in the state. Then, in the first installment of Your Vote, Your Voice series, we examine the basic voting requirements in Mississippi. Plus, a coalition including the NAACP is leading the drive to put Medicaid expansion on the ballot. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Overall, coronavirus transmission in Mississippi is down this spring compared to the surge in cases earlier this year. But the threat of emerging variants in the U.S. has health officials expressing some caution. State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers says transmission of those variants, especially the U.K. variant in other states, is starting to have an effect. As we start to see the increases in cases in other states, a lot of it has been tied to the emergence of variant strains. And you know the CDC is now indicating that it's likely that the UK variant is the predominant strain in the United States in several areas. Um, And, you know, that's starting to have an impact because we're starting to see Um, that effect on that younger population, because we know that the UK variant is more transmissible than the wild type. So once someone becomes infected, they spread it. They're more infectious. They spread it more easily. Byers says vaccination is one of the most effective ways to protect Mississippians from severe illness and hospitalization, beginning with the most vulnerable population. One of the goals that we want moving forward is to make sure that we have that vulnerable population protected. Um, And that's why it's really going to be important for us to continue to push vaccinations in the individuals 50 and older, especially those individuals 65 and older, because that's where we've seen our morbidity and mortality. If we were to see upswings from the emergence of, of the variant strain in Mississippi, we may see more cases. But what we hope to see is a blunting 
of the severe outcomes in those older groups. But we've really got to get everybody vaccinated because even the younger folks may have uh, hospitalizations and severe outcomes from, from this variant. We are seeing significantly increased numbers of the UK variant being identified in Mississippi. Reports show the state's vaccination rates lagging behind the national average. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says there's a perception that Mississippi is struggling more than it actually is. It's real easy to pick on Mississippi, but we also make it easy on ourselves, right? Um, And we see some selective data uh, pulling um, if if people want to be critical. Uh, If you look at, we've done a great job getting our um, older folks vaccinated. We also have done a phenomenal job uh, addressing uh, parity within the African-American population. We have a good bit of work to do with, uh, with uh, Hispanic folks. Um, but if you look at the number of doses we've gotten now, if you look at the rapidity, um, you know, it, with the long-term care plan, and, and I know I've talked about this a little bit, is they waited for us to be last before they started doing our long-term care centers. And we left 100,000 doses sitting in freezers for three, three weeks. And are, if we're, are we a couple weeks behind? Of course we are, because we were put a couple weeks behind. Um, and so if you look at if you compare us across states, you know, we're all pretty close and we're all doing a really good job. Um, now, Mississippi is going to have unique challenges. There's no doubt. We always do. Um, and it's just it, there are a couple of numbers we really need to look at. Um, the number one of them is going to be deaths and hospitalizations. Right. So let's not lose our eye on the prize and protecting our older folks. Um, and we've got some work to do on that. So I think we've done a fantastic job. Do we always want to do better? And, we always really, really do. But um, we got to remember that we live in the poorest state in the country that is very rural and has a lot of traditional uh, reticence to preventive measures in younger age group folks. And so we're going to have a steeper hill to climb. And I think we're climbing that hill pretty steady and we need y'all's help going forward. Coming up in the first installment of Your Vote, Your Voice series, we examine the basic voting requirements in Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Voting is the cornerstone of the United States representative democracy, and each individual state has incredible power to determine how its residents participate in the voting process. In the first installment of Your Vote, Your Voice series, we examine the basic voting requirements in Mississippi. Secretary of State Michael Watson joins our Michael Guidry to examine the year-to-year elections in the Magnolia State and the procedure for registering for and casting your vote. Uh, Different states uh, run things differently. And so uh, they're the 50 laboratories of freedom for a reason. I think it's best that, that the election systems are monitored by the states and overseen by the states. So I think that's an important point to to make. As far as Mississippi goes, um, I'll, I'll kind of run through very quickly. Uh, and since we just hit 2020, people uh, that's still kind of fresh on their minds. So as you remember, last year was president and vice president, uh, senator, U.S. senator, uh, representatives, Supreme Court justice, 
levy commissioners and, and folks obviously don't don't follow that race too much, but uh, that's out there, elections commissioners and school board members. So that was in 2020. This year, all we have are municipal offices. Uh, now, granted, there could be a special election depending on someone retired from a elected office and there had to be a special to replace them. So uh, that could always happen in every year. Uh, but in this year, 2021, we just have municipal offices. Next year, 2022, again, you're on the federal cycle. So we'll have representatives on the ballot. We'll have court of appeals judge, chantry court judges. Uh, we'll have circuit court judges. We'll have levy commissioners again. Uh, and then we'll have county court judges and school board members who are on staggered terms. Uh, so that's kind of a brief overview of 2022. And then 2023 is really the big year. Uh, as Mississippians know, every four years we have statewide elected um, uh, offices are up. And so you'll see all eight statewide up. You'll see our district offices, like the Transportation and Public Service Commissioners. You'll see uh, district attorneys are, are up. And then your county-level offices as well. Uh, for instance, your sheriff, your transfer clerk, your circuit clerk, your tax assessor, tax collector, uh, your justice court judges, supervisors. Again, your county district offices are on that as well. So that's kind of a quick breakdown of the four-year cycle in Mississippi. To put it in a nice kind of summary version that people can understand, it seems like even years, Mississippians are going to be looking at the federal level. And then odd years, it seems to be all focused on you know, more localized stuff, the statewide elections in the, uh, the odd year before the big general and those municipal elections in the odd years following the big general. That's right. And basically, to boil it down, you get the, the nail on the head there. Your even years, you're going to see the federal elections as well as judicial elections. And then on the odd years, you're going to see more localized races, your municipal and then your statewide elected officials and, and others on the district and county levels. Uh, and Mississippi is odd in the sense that we're one of the very few that have off-year uh, elections for statewide elected officials. Typically, you'll see most states do that in the presidential election year earlier, you know, you said that basically you have 50 states, 50 labs for what this process could look like. Um, and so it's going to be a little bit different in every state. In Mississippi, as it stands now, what is the process and the requirements for voter registration? Yeah, good question. And one, again, that I hope Mississippians are aware of and, and making sure they understand the process. So I appreciate this opportunity to explain it. But basically, every United States citizen who possesses a certain number of qualifications is an eligible individual to register to vote in Mississippi. So in Mississippi, obviously you have to be a resident of our state uh, at least 30 days prior to the election, uh, at least 18 years old, or you will be 18 by the date of the next general election, not declared mentally incompetent by a court, and not convicted of a disenfranchising crime. So Section 241 of our Constitution, uh, who lists those as well as the, there's an attorney general opinion out there too. Uh, but those are those are the very slim down qualifications one would need to be a registered voter in Mississippi. Uh, and as far as the process, you can register in person at your circuit clerk's office or at a municipal clerk's office, or, you know, if you go get your driver's license, motor voter, which was a federal uh, law passed, you can register to vote in any of those uh, public assistance areas like, like the DMV. And then lastly, uh, you can also mail in your registration. We have a form on our website, yallvote.ms, that you can download and fill out and send in to your clerk. So, those are the ways that you can register to vote. I think it's important to point out, you know, we see a lot of younger individuals really engaged in, in learning about the electoral process now. So for them, uh, obviously you have to be 18 by the time of the general election, but, you know, as, as long as you're be 18 by then, you can register and vote in the primary uh, as a 17-year-old, as long as you're going to turn 18 by that general election date. So 
very important to note that as well. And, and that's kind of the process, very easy process. Um, if you're going to register to vote by mail, you download that application. Make sure you postmark it on or before 30 days uh, prior to the date of the election when you send that in. So those are kind of the highlights of how to register in Mississippi. And what are the general deadlines for registration? Depending on the election, obviously, it's, it's 30 days out from that election, so it moves. Uh, you know, if you look at our election calendar on our website, uh, and, and again, depending on which uh, election cycle you're in, you you need to know those different dates uh, to vote. So last year, uh, you know, we had a lot of questions about that, and we were trying to really inform our public of what, what are those dates. And I think that's an important one to go to our website, yallvote.ms. I can't plug that enough. Uh, it has all the election information on it. So anytime you have a question about an upcoming election or, uh, you know, how to register to vote or uh, what are the excuses you can absentee vote, all of that is on our website, and we want Mississippians to be aware of those issues. And just in case people might be wondering, you can register and participate in in a primary election, but participating in a primary election is not a qualifier for a general election. You can can miss a primary election, miss that registration, and still register and and decide to vote in, in the general election if you so choose. You're absolutely right. And, and just so folks know, uh, not only if you miss that primary deadline, but the uh, primary runoff election, if there is one, would be on the 27th. So as long as you registered 30 days prior to the 27th, uh, you know, you, you'd still be a chance there. And then the general election uh, this year for our municipal elections is on June 8th. So 30 days prior to that, uh, you could come in and register to vote. So uh, again, make sure that you're aware of these deadlines and these dates. It's very important that your voices are heard. I want to talk a little bit about about moving real quick. You know, some people move and can cause a lot of confusion when either going to vote or, or going to register. If someone moves within their county, uh, do they have to re-register in that county or they just simply go to the clerk's office and submit a change of address? Well, so you can you can change your address actually online. We've made it very easy. Again, yallvote.ms, uh, there's a, a tool on there where you can change your address. Uh, and that would depend on, uh, obviously, the election in which you're voting. So if you're voting in a municipal election and you move across the city, you know, in your different ward, uh, then, yeah, you, you're going to have to uh, be registered within 30 days of the election in that ward. Uh, so that's that's only kind of the, the difficult piece there. Now, if it was a county election and you were voting for a supervisor, that, too, you'd have to be in a specific ward. But if you just moved in the county and you were voting for, let's say, district attorney or uh, some other countywide office, then that wouldn't wouldn't matter. Now, it would impact where you voted, your precinct possibly, uh, but you would still be an eligible voter in that in that election. Uh, day of, what what do people need to know about you know showing up to the poll, whether it is a primary election, whether it is a um, a runoff, whether it's a general? What do people need to know about day of voting if they're choosing to vote in person in Mississippi? Yeah, good good question there, and again. My, my most important piece here is making sure that they uh, were aware of the candidates and the uh, elections that would be on the ballot. I think it's very important that we have individuals who research, who uh, you know do the hard work prior to going to the polls, making sure you understand who the candidates are, what they stand for, what their plans are, you know, and make sure they align with your values. And, and not only that, uh, voting for them, but then hold them accountable on the back end as well. I think that's a very important piece that sometimes we – we forget, uh, but make sure you, you have your ID when you go. If, if you forget your ID, you will be able to vote by affidavit ballot, and you can come back in and show your ID within five business days as well. So that's an important piece. Uh, obviously, you want to get to your precinct. Uh, make sure that you're there and 
You'll show your ID before you vote. You'll be given your ballot and uh, have an opportunity to cast your ballot. So pretty easy process here in Mississippi. Uh, we've got some phenomenal uh, you know, elections officials around our state, be it your circuit clerks, your municipal clerks, or your elections commissioners, uh, and then obviously the parties run your primaries. So we got some great folks who are out there. Your poll managers are very patient. We had a wonderful turnout of poll workers uh, in 2020 uh, and expect the same here for this one in 2021. So uh, be patient with them. Uh, they will walk you through the process. But, again, remember to take your ID. Remember to call your clerk and make sure you know which precinct you need to go to to vote. Uh, and then do your homework. Make sure you're aware of who's on the ballot, what they stand for, and, and that they align with your values and, and go cast your vote. Secretary of State Michael Watson with our Michael Guidry. Coming up in part two of Your Vote, Your Voice series. So regardless of what we call it or, you know, however the, the changes are made with the law, the intent would be to have the same method of voting, you know, the same level of security on Election Day that you have on the days prior to Election Day just to allow some more flexibility for those who can't get there on Election Day. We look at the different efforts and perspectives shaping the debate over extended absentee voting. Coming up, a coalition including the NAACP is leading the drive to put Medicaid expansion on the ballot. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi is the poorest state in the nation with the lowest health outcomes. And the state is one of more than a dozen in the nation that has punted on expanding Medicaid through the Affordable Care Act, a move that would provide health coverage for Mississippi's working poor. Now a coalition is forming to put the decision in the hands of the voters. Health Care for Mississippi, a nonprofit of around 15 advocacy groups, including the NAACP, has filed the preliminary paperwork to put Initiative 76 on the ballot. Corey Wiggins is executive director of the Mississippi chapter of the NAACP. He tells our Desiree Frazier advocates have lobbied lawmakers to expand Medicaid, but there isn't enough legislative support. So he wants to help give residents a voice in the matter. I think it's just been it's been building. Um, there's been so much state level advocacy, so much advocacy in local communities around this issue over the years. Uh, I think, you know, when you think about us being in the middle or continuing through the COVID-19 pandemic and issues with healthcare access and just how important the healthcare system is, not only to this nation, but to Mississippi, uh, I think it was just a, a conversion of all those issues and the voices of Mississippians and said, look, we're tired of waiting for the legislature to take action uh, and let's do something about it. We thought that maybe the legislature might expand Medicaid given the coronavirus pandemic and the loss of jobs, uh, the, the downturn economically for some businesses and people who lost work. But that didn't happen. Why do you think there is such strong resistance to expanding Medicaid in the Republican majority-led legislature? Well, look, I think that's a question for for the Republican legislature to answer. What I can say is, is that, you know, we we never should play politics when it comes to folks getting health care. 
And unfortunately, um, that has been something that has been used for years, uh, not only nationally, but also in the state of Mississippi. Uh, and what's most important is, is when you think about hardworking Mississippians who can't get prescription meds, who can't access an ER where rural hospitals are closing these ERs because they're struggling. When you think of folks who just being able to access basic primary care, struggle to get the care that they need, that's a problem. And that's not a political problem. That is a problem where we need political, uh, our political leaders or elected leaders to stand up to address. And they failed to do so. And so now Mississippians are saying like, hey, we want to do this. We want to be at the forefront to making sure that we can take care of ourselves and folks have access to health care. It has always been said in support of expanding Medicaid that it is an economic booster, a job creator. Your thoughts on that? No, absolutely right. I mean, when you look at the the influx or, or infusion of federal dollars that could come through to come into the state as a result of this, uh, and when we talk about job creation, more people getting jobs in a in a, in a stronger healthcare system, people all of the ancillary sort of things, whether it's IT, accounting, all related to the healthcare institutions and systems. Yes, and, and particularly when you think about how so many families have 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 been stressed, right, who have experienced economic stressors as it relates to the pandemic, why not, right? We have to do things to get Mississippi back moving. We have to do things uh, to get folks back to work. And investing in making sure that Mississippians get health care while at the same time creating jobs, it's a win-win situation. Could there be the perception that expanding the program is synonymous with some type of welfare, Look, this is not about welfare. This is not about any of these issues. What it is about is making sure that hardworking Mississippians who go to work each and every day, uh, who just want to be able to support their families, provide security for, security for their family, including access to health care. That is what this is about. And it's about supporting our struggling rural hospitals that so many Mississippians have come to rely upon. Yesterday, the director of the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said racism is a serious public health issue. Does that coincide with, in your mind, the efforts to expand Medicaid in a state that is 38 or more percent uh, African-American? Well, what I would say is that the issue about Medicaid expansion is about making sure that Mississippians uh, of all races, of all genders, and all views to be able to access health care. Uh, the broader issue about dr- addressing structural issues uh, in our systems around race and health care is something that we all continue to strive to, to work towards so that all communities in our state can be thriving communities where people can live healthy lives. Does this in any way conjure up the thought about medical marijuana? That was Initiative 65, which was passed last November by Mississippians to make it legal. And here we now, the following year, have another initiative to try and get beyond what they see as stagnation in the legislature. Well, I think this issue goes back to to where we started is, is that for years, Mississippians have been trying to encourage legislatures to take up uh, expand the Medicaid, uh, and they failed to do it. And so I think where people are is is that they felt like after that years of work of making this issue known and knowing how people feel about it, has decided to take it up on themselves. And so I think in terms of a process, uh, maybe it's connected in terms of the process in which people are doing it. But ultimately, this issue is about making sure that people have access to health care. Do you think they you can get more than 100,000 signatures. I think it is 100,006 that are needed. 
Well, what I think is, is that uh, ultimately that for years people have been working on this issue and people have said this is what they wanted. Uh, and so as organizations, individuals continue to sort of build and grow around this, uh, I think we'll get there. Uh, and, and look, this is where we are as a step in the process. Uh, and ultimately, this step uh, is is sort of saying, setting up this stage or opportunity for people across Mississippi to have their say. Well, Corey Wiggins with the NAACP Mississippi, thank you so much for your time and speaking with us. No, thank you. Appreciate you. The Mississippi Hospital Association Board is supporting the effort to place a constitutional amendment on the ballot to expand Medicaid. Association President Tim Moore created Health Care for Mississippi to sponsor Initiative 76 and says the support of the board is a reflection of the group's stand for more than a decade. The association and hospitals have supported uh, the thought of expansion uh, for over 10 years. As soon as the ACA came out, we knew that this was something that the state should take advantage of and uh, however they chose not to. So we have worked with the leadership uh, of the state and the legislature for a number of years to try to make that happen. And uh, we went all the way through the 2021 legislative session uh, trying to make it happen. It did not. And uh, we have decided that, well, it's time to let the, let the people decide uh, if, uh, uh, if there's too much political pressure to not make that decision in the legislature then let's send it back home. Let the people decide. Let's educate the people and, and let them know uh, what it means to them, what it means to their community, what it means to our state. And then they'll, they'll make the right choice. Initiative 76 requires 106,000 signatures to be placed on the ballot. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.